Black Out Loud Media Group. Hi everyone, so my name is Ink Jess, um, and I'm happy to read to you guys a poem called Zeno. Zeno. By definition, it means the smallest measurable unit of human connection typically exchanged between strangers. Walking along the high line under the sky, passing by, exchanging spouse, you see me, I see you, we see each other. Connecting on the soul plane. That was the start of phase one. The genesis of our connection really was falling in like. No words needed. Just an internal high, a simple word too, that was mimed through our eyes, sending electrical impulses that restarted what was dead inside. For I was under cardiac arrest. A blackout prison, and from just one look. It was as if I drank your red wine, and I entered phase two. And now I'm born again. I always heard that red wine was good for the heart. I didn't know that it would be you. Maybe you are that secret bottle, set aside for special occasions. And I'm sorry if your vessel felt half full before I met you. People tasting your beauty and said you were cheap, even though you are vintage and expensive. They didn't see your deafness, smell your richness, notice every subtle tone of you. And with that, you were never paired with the right compliment until you met me in Zeno for I'm expensive too. And I realized learning you entering phase three, the revelation. You see, your soul was nothing new, for you have a vinyl soul, a never-ending record of smooth jazz melodies mixed with needle-pierced scratches that mimics the harmonies in mine. And from it, our story was written into song, the song of Zeno. Welcome back to another episode of the Brown Sugar Cafe podcast, the place where poetry meets conversation. I'm your host, Terrence B. Elmore. And before we get into today's topic, make sure you hit that plus sign so you don't miss an episode. Also, please subscribe to my blog, thebrownsugarcafe.blog. And if you find any value in this episode or any other episodes, make sure you leave a heartfelt review. So with that being said, let's get to it. Well, first of all, thank you for coming on and being a guest. I really appreciate that. Uh, how have you been? I've been good. I've been good. I know I um, have been in and out behind the scenes, but I will give your podcast the exclusive of why I've been behind the scenes. Okay, okay. Um, I've been working on my website, which should be launched at the time of this recording later in the afternoon. Okay. Um, I've been working on my poetry website and slowly, very slowly, working on my second book. But that's to be sometime in the future. But yeah. Okay. So the website, what was the idea behind getting that website and what has that process been like getting it together? Yeah. So poetry for me at first was a hobby i remember i picked it up back in like second grade and like just went with it ever since and then it became an outlet and just grew and grew and um as much as i love my day job poetry for me is really my passion okay and i wanted to start to realize like how poets are important and how 
we can build and how our message could help amplify other communities or other communities, you know, messages from domestic violence to, you know, black, you know, black love, black culture, black crime, just any, any, yeah. any situation. And I'm just like, I could, I could do this. Like if I could make this like my thing and really yeah. not be afraid to say I'm a poet and this is what I do. Oh yeah. That's dope. I found with doing these, the series, everybody that I've talked to so far, it's this thing about, I guess, personal acknowledgement that you're a poet. Like, how was that for you being able to embrace calling yourself a poet? Was that an easy journey or? Um, it was somewhat easy, but somewhat difficult. I had two English teachers that I loved, one in middle school and one in high school, that really pushed me and saw something in me, a poetic voice. But then on the backside of that, I had numerous English teachers. I was the girl that had, could get A's. I'll get, I say it'll be A's, but like, it'll be marked in red. This is awkward <sighs> structure, awkward sentence structure. Awkward yeah. this, awkward that. And I I'm remember, like, yeah, I used to have that too back in the day, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I, I'm just writing. Like, you still gave me a 90. Um, so I should be fine. They're like, grammar. <laughs> just like, I need to get off of these rules and all of that. But, and I think another, another thing that happened, two things. One, an English teacher in college, this was via online. Okay. I never met her or anything. And you had to write essays based off of film. So it was very like, you had to analyze the film and, you know, and I was like, oops, easy, easy A. And she was like, oh, I never really give A's out. And you're the first person that I give A's out before. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. But then she said in the email and asked me if I'm dyslexic. And this was back when oh. I was like 2021. 20, uh, I was, no, not 2021. 20, I was, I was 21, sorry. And I was like, excuse me, I'm 21. I think this is something that my parents or teachers or other people would have seen from job, you know? Right, like, right. That isn't something that isn't, you know, somewhat obvious. And she wanted to have a meeting with me and she ended up kind of like trying to analyze me and was like, how are you left brained and right brained and all the other stuff? And yeah. I'm just like, listen, God bless me the way I am. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like she's like never met someone i'm like i'm good like i'm the science person and i'm the art person good that's it yeah okay so you're a science person so am i interesting thing is i went to college and i i majored in well that's a long story anyway i have a degree in physics i'll just say that yeah and science yeah science was my science and math was my thing but also english and literature and i had a teacher that um i think yeah 11th and 12th grade she was my literature teacher and she pushed me with my writing like when we did essays i remember the first time i had a class she pushed us to write an essay about ourselves without including like personal pronouns or saying like me and i and things like that and that was kind of difficult at first but after doing it it was easy yeah and i'll never forget when i got her in 12th grade because she moved up we our first day of class we had to do an essay and you know i did my essay i thought it was okay but she drew like a red line through it 
and she was like, you know, she was like, Terrence, you know better. Come on, and she's like, this is everybody else first time having my class, but you know better. So I was a little, I was like, oh. and I, I'll never forget. I went back and wrote it, and she was like, that's, that's like you, that's like you, and um, yeah, it was, it was, you know, when you have those teachers that push you, it really helps, and I think that's important, especially like high school and middle school age. Like, who thought that I would be considering myself a poet later on in life and having a podcast talking to poets? It's crazy how those things kind of kind of happened. So, I think I think also other people could see a hidden your I wouldn't say hidden identity, but something that makes you a little bit different or how you're able to communicate with other people. But you can't see it in yourself. Other people have to kind of like do the little nod and like push you a little bit to bring that out of you. And then when people are like, how do you do this? And you're like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just do. <laughs> I just do. Just do, yeah. Wow. So, wow, that's pretty cool that you're, you're the science person as well. How much does that play a role in your poetry, if at all? Um, I would say a little bit. It depends on if I have a piece in mind or if I have like where I want it, where I want to go. Okay. I may involve like some of the science like stuff inside of it um but a lot of things outside of science don't I would say they have more of a of an impact on me than science okay yeah of course yeah yeah I kind of it's kind of like if I separate this is like daytime just (laughs) science (laughs) and bio and the working with kids and all of that and then like creative just is like I could switch I could switch and and make that but okay that's cool that's cool i i like that it's well i mean it's no need to ask you but it sounds like you already found that balance and um that's important especially when you have a a regular job a daytime job to be able to find a space for creativity have you found challenges kind of balancing the two or has it been pretty much easy oh no 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 <laughs> easy question. <laughs> okay. Um, but I will expand. Um, because, um, like, daytime job, I deal with eyes, ironically. Um, I'm a specialist when, you know, when you see people and their eyes, like, crossing or go out. Or yeah. Like, they have double. So I'm a specialist in that. Okay. Okay. Um, and I mean, most, I mostly see kids up until adults. I could do adults as well, but mostly kids. And seeing about 80 kids a day. When you get home, you tired. <laughs> I don't have kids, but I've seen other people's kids. I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> and then my friends are like, oh, did you write a poem recently? No, I haven't written a poem no. in weeks because my brain is dead. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, what I would have to say recently, I've celebrated a birthday oh that's right happy birthday thank you thank you and one of the museums that i went to it was very modern and a lot of modern okay. pieces are very either you get it or i'm just looking at it like i don't it's just a big square it's just a red square like but something about that um i was with my friend who really doesn't like like that but something about that i had to tap into my creative side and really think outside the box 
Yeah. And I would just stand there and she's like, you okay? And I'm just like, I'm just trying to absorb what my brain is thinking of this red box. <laughs> that it just, that's all it is. And I'm like, people get paid for it. Okay, scratch that. <laughs> Ago. And then she was like, you know, okay, what do you think about the piece? Like, she was open enough to hear my thing. So I was like, okay. And the um, exhibit, yeah. The exhibit was basically you walk into this really pitch black dark room. And then all of a sudden you see this little crack in the ceiling or whatever. The, the yeah. roof of the exhibit. And it shines a light. And the light is a, literally a red rectangle box. And that's it. That's that's the exhibit. Okay. That's yeah. it. Right. Exactly. We both said that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and there were two more exhibits like that. One ended up being a blue, um, a bluish purple box. And then the other one is one where it was kind of like those um, self-deprivation. Like we didn't do it, but it was like one of those self self-deprivation. Like, yeah. Black and like. So I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. It's a little, it's a little too much for me. But she was like, well, what do you think of it? And I stood there and I'm just like, you know what? Maybe it means when you look at light, most people look at light in like a positive way, you know? Right. But when I stood in that room, I didn't feel any positive. In fact, I felt creepy and like shunned and enclosed and not necessarily safe so i was like what if the artist wanted you to feel not safe in red because red could symbolize passion and love but also symbolize anger and rage and mm, yeah all of that so i'm like well maybe that's that's where i'm taking it i don't know if this is true or not but and then out of that i began to like slowly think of a poem with that there you go yeah. there you go yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't, I didn't think I would because initially I'm like this is really weird but I had to tap into that part and be like no think, think a little deeper you're a little weird so think a little deeper <laughs> <laughs> that's important I realize that's a part of self care doing stuff maybe not even necessarily something that you're accustomed to but going out and enjoying like art and nature it it always inspires me whenever I'm in a space because I love I love art. Um, I used to draw and stuff and paint. I need to pick that back up, but I just love being in those spaces. And one of the inspirations to a poem that I wrote, we went to a um, I think it was yeah it was Martin Luther King's birthday, and we went to an art art exhibit, and it was all these different artists, these different black artists from America. And just being in that space, it inspired me to write a poem. And then later on, it became the title to the book that I'm working on now, which is Pain is Not Our Only Paintbrush. And even recently, we went to, um, what is it, the, the New African American Museum in Charleston, South Carolina. We got a preview of that. And being in that space, I wanted to write. But because the exhibit, well, the whole museum wasn't really open yet. So they made us lock up our phones. Okay. So I couldn't write, which I wish I had known that because I, I would have brought in the pad and pen. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I was in there. I was like, man, this is just being in that space. It helps just unlock. So maybe 
maybe, I don't know. When you get from work, dealing with the kids, maybe find something that you can kind of tap into to just, just write. Cause that too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's very important. I, I've noticed that we need to just always keep writing and keep trying to tap into the, our creativity because like you said, like life will hit you and then you stop writing. Not because you can't think of anything to write. It's just like, we're not even allowing ourselves to do that because we're so tired. And I've been like that too. Like you're done with work. You just like, I don't want to see anything with words on it. Right. I don't want to see a laptop. I don't want to see any of that stuff, but it is important to kind of find those things. And even if it's just the weekends or when you're off, but always finding that, that place, that space that brings out your creativity. And it sounds like that's easy for you. If you can go to an exhibit, and be in a space and just boom. I could because um, one of the things ironically, and I would do it on Instagram and I used to do and I should bring the series back, um, but I had a series called A Picture's Words and- Yeah, oh, yeah of, okay. Yeah, I don't know if you saw, I used to- Yeah, I remember, yeah. I, I love that because I wouldn't, I wouldn't stick to just like, let's say, art as like someone painting, but I would see like a photographer or someone that like, with just a pencil, they're able to like make a really dope image, like yep. stuff like that or sculpture. And I could just look and stare at it for a minute and then write a piece on it. And I stopped that and I wondered why I stopped that. And thinking back, I think it was partly, yeah, what you said, it was just like, life got to you and also i felt people wouldn't appreciate it like it would give a shout out to the art to the other artist but also a different look on how poetry could impact someone you know yeah yeah and i think for a while i was like no one's gonna no one's gonna see it no it doesn't impact anyone little poetry what i'm doing it doesn't impact anyone and then the tables turned when a few months ago I did it on someone who had like a pregnancy photo shoot and I wrote like a little nothing crazy maybe it was like a stanza if that of a poem and long story short the um, dad-to-be and um, the mom the model of that picture reached out and was like oh my gosh I really love it it's really in- um, encapsulates like her feeling of her new bundle of joy that wow and i just sat and i'm just like i read that comment and i was like this is why you do it this is why yeah poets do it it's not for us i mean we have those pieces that are for you know you wrote this when you were 10 or like that heartbreak years ago when you go back to it but like those are for us but when you're writing in general or turning your poetry into like a business or understanding like our words matter our voice does matter it pushes you and i think we sometimes have to have to fall back on that or, or remember remember that when you're when you're down and when you can't do it it's like i'm doing this for mary or joe or yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's true i had a um guest on two episodes back poetic nurse and that was her thing she ironically when she started 
writing for herself because she said she got to a point where she was writing and, and trying to wonder if what she wrote would be received and you know all those different things you go through like well people like this will they understand but then she stopped that and started writing for herself and in doing so she's been able to write stuff for people like she's had the experience where she's listened to somebody's story and was able to develop a poem out of that and give it to the person and capture what they were thinking and what they were saying and you're doing that through imagery so that's that's really cool that's really cool because I, I feel like the same thing like even when we write stuff for ourselves is it's still for somebody else like our words aren't just for ourselves especially when the poems have so much deep feeling and thought towards them it's for somebody to help somebody yeah so i really really appreciate it i'm glad you're doing that that's wow so when are you going to pick that back up and start that ser- series uh, again? <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we are, I'm going to start it. Well, I'm, I'm going to start it. I'm going to say tomorrow. It's April okay. 17th. I will start April 18th tomorrow. I'll make an announcement and be like, okay. pictures where it's coming back. Um, okay. All right. I'll be looking yeah. forward to it. <laughs> I will. Are you going to hold me to it? You're yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I did that, um, and I think another great exercise, actually, um, which came out from the piece that I shared earlier, is, you know, I had a thing called Dictionary's Words, and I think this is something that I eventually want to do, like, creative writing workshops. Okay, cool, um, yeah. Yeah, as um, for kids and just in, in general other poets, but one thing I did was I would go to the dictionary, and I'll, like go through and pick a random word or if you get dictionary of the day emailed to you or whatever and i'll look at the definition of the word and then try to write a poem either structured on the definition of it or use that word within the poem if i can't if you know so that's where the that's where the the poem xeno came out really wow i never thought about that and growing up i used to like go through the dictionary and thesaurus you know trying to learn different words and stuff like that but i never thought about using that to create a poem what how did you come up with that what was the the inspiration behind that um one day i used to i think i'm still emailed to it but one day i clicked on a random email and it was like dictionary of of the day or something like to that effect okay um and one of the worlds is xeno and it was x-e-n-o and um, I'll say it again, but that means the smallest measurable, the smallest measurable unit of human connection, typically exchanged between strangers. And I'm from New York, born and raised. I moved, but I'm from New York City, and that never, New Yorker, New Yorker through and through. <laughs> <laughs> but anyone can relate to it. You know, when you're walking past the, you know, walking down the street, and you look at someone. If it's a guy or a girl, and you like have a moment with each other, yeah. a brief moment, and then you just both go separate directions, you go about your day or whatever, but you never stop and think like, what if I actually like said hi to the stranger across the street, you know, or that that. But it's a brief moment of human connection for that one second, for that five seconds you looked at each other, and you had a moment in the in in the universe, and then so that's that's where it came from, and I'm like, well, what if a love came from that? 
Yeah. At the end of the day, it's just a high. It just started with some type of form of high. The, facts. Facts. <laughs> and that's something they also, I noticed they encompass in a couple of like rom-coms. It's always like that moment where the people walk past each other or kind of, and I've even seen somewhere they pass each other and didn't say anything. And then later they're sitting there thinking like, I should have said something. And then, of course, you know, later on, they see each other again, and then, yeah. Something happens. Right, right. 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 I mean, I mean, to be warned, I'm not saying you need to say hi to every single person. No. If you look at people no. who are listening, please don't use your judgment wisely. <laughs> <laughs> we are in 2023. We are just, just be wise. Right. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think, I think sometimes you don't know what connection you may have with someone and i'm not even talking like romantic but even right. just like a friendship type of thing or you you may need that someone for that short time period because that person is the person to push you to your next to your next level but if you never met them they never would have been able to do that they wouldn't be able to do their their assignment because sometimes people think that their connection with somebody has to be romantic just because they're the opposite sex or whatever or you know they think something there has to be romantic but a lot of times we like you said we we meet people to help us get to our next or we meet people to help them get to their next mm-hmm. oh yeah it doesn't have to end bad either it, it, it could it could just naturally fizzle out it doesn't have to be like something traumatic you know happened right relationship it just y'all both completed each other y'all did your assignment and then right that was it <laughs> true yeah that, that's true have you ever dealt with um writer's block yeah i just made a poster about that <laughs> and when that happens how how do you get out of it is that um, and then is that something that happens often i would say if I would say it happens often, and not necessarily, but it happens when I'm highly stressed. I would I would put it that way. Got it. So if I if I'm going through a lot of stress, it's almost like my mind, in the opposite way, can't think of of um, anything to write because it's 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 too much is going on. I know some people they use that as their way to like I write my poems when I'm stressed because it gives me that uh, that emotion, you know? Right, right. But I know I'm not stressed because of the poem, I'm stressed because of life. But how <laughs> Facts. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I'm not stressed because I can't write. Um, <laughs> but the the way that I get out of it for a time, I I um I feel it. So even if oh. I know I want to write and I can't physically write I would be okay. Don't write. Don't don't force it because you may end up not liking what you're writing and then having to redo and all of that. So like for a day or two, I may feel it and be like, I'm not in the mood to write today. I'm not in the mood to write. However, I may be in the mood for watching a comedy show or watching a movie or watching one of my favorite movies over again, you know? Um, and music is really impactful. And I yeah. Would, sit in those moments music really really is impactful for me and and sermons too i 
listen and read sermons or the Bible or whatever. And I just take all of that in because when yeah. I'm not focused on the writing part and I just focused on the art in whatever form it's it's in, I'm able to be like, oh, I like that line. Music is really impactful for me, every type of genre. And I would I would embrace it and sit in it and feel it. And it's out of that where I, I get out of it because then I'm able to pick up a line or a bass in the song is like really hitting and I'm just like Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, I can get it. I can get it. I can get it. Like for me, like I don't know, something weirdly that song there's a song uh Dior by Pop Smoke where all of it does hit. Yeah. But then when he goes there and I'm just yeah. like, Yep, yeah, every time every time I can write that. Uh, I could write, but, but yeah, I think I think it's important to not be upset with yourself when you have writer's block. Yeah, um, that's just important. I think it's okay. I think it's okay. And I think sometimes your body may be telling you internally, like, I need to stop everything. Like, I need to, whatever is going on in the little head of yours or how your brain is wired, it may need to be like, I need shut down time i need stimulation shut down time and then i'm able to to write again I've, I've never heard anybody describe it like that before but that makes a lot of sense and then from what you said earlier it's like you a person that can draw inspiration from anything so if you're having writer's block and it it to me yeah you it must be stressed because right. you've had so many examples in this conversation about where inspiration comes from, how you pull inspiration, even being intentional about finding inspiration. So, yeah, if, if anybody listening, they have any writer's block, just do what she said. <laughs> <laughs> It'll help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't don't be afraid. It's almost like if if you're sad, it's almost as if you're sad and you're about whatever and you go to someone for advice. And they tell you, oh, get over it. Don't be sad. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, no, for a minute, this person is sad. They need to feel the sadness. They need yeah. to go through it. And then when you're out, you're out. Or you right, know, right. pick up stuff that you do to get yourself out of it. But if you don't learn how to deal with that emotion, then it's going to be buried in, t in you. And then it may turn into other types of emotion that... It's harmful to not only yourself but to other people yeah because i think we're so prone to just ignoring stuff especially when it comes to like emotions like being sad or anger because they we think that that'll fix it but to your point like you said it can come up as something later on harmful to yourself and to other people and i, I just i hate when people say you know when they're talking about how they feel they say they're they're not going to claim it and they're not going to claim it over their life. But if you have a headache, you saying you have a headache is not claiming it over your life. It's saying this is where I am. And now that you've acknowledged that you have a headache, you can figure out how to remedy that headache, whether it be right. taking some medicine or if you haven't had anything to eat, eating something. But you won't know how to address it if you're just brushing it under the rug. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they i feel like that's something that's really prevalent in the black community yeah it and is 
as someone who is black and also a Christian, like, I think it's the, you know, oh, God's got it. God's got it. And yeah. don't get me wrong. I get that. I completely, I 100% believe that. However, faith without works is dead. So you could say Bam. God's got it, but he yeah. may be waiting for you. For to, you. Like, uh, I'm waiting for you to do this. I know I got it. Right. <laughs> for you to get up but what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> Like I, can't, I told a friend one time who was kind of going through it and I'm just like he's waiting for you to do it yeah. the fact that you have a vision for it he's, got, he's like okay I gave you the vision you do the work do the LLC do the research do this do that he's not going to give that to you but he gave us the brain and he gave us the people that we're able to talk to to help you to get that next step exactly exactly and this is we got to do our part man we and have I'm glad to. we're having that conversation because I think poetry in a way can enlighten that, especially a lot of issues with the black community because I think for years, I think only now I would say this generation is finally somewhat opening up to realize like it's okay to need to not be okay. You know? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes our parents and like grandparent generation one, it was a different time. And two, sad to say, they weren't viewed to, unless, you know, you have a really great, you know, family, but most families at the time weren't viewed to like, all right, all right, little Timmy, I'm gonna need you to sit in the corner and tell me yeah. how you feel. Yeah. Like, how you feel. And they're like, nope, you no. And it's, it's in, it, hurts because there was one there's sometimes that i could see strong black men in my life you know 40 50 60s and you sit and then you talk to them and some of the issues about their childhood and you look and you're like that's a 50 year old man physically yeah. but the hurt is a nine-year-old child the, yeah he has that nine-year-old child when you is really talking to you not the 50 year old man and you got to fix that that child's hurt you know and i think sometimes poetry could could do that I think so too. That that was my my inspiration behind the, the book that I'm doing. I wanted to have some some sort of poetic stories or some sort of light shown to positive things in, in the black community, positive imagery because I don't know, I just didn't want kids growing up to feel like that all we are are being killed by police or negative things that you see because that's always hyped up that you know our trauma our pain you know if you write a poem about being hurt or something like that and it's a standing ovation everybody loves it it's, it's so profound but when you start talking about things like black love and black empowerment and positive things it's like oh, okay that was cool but why is it not the same you know the same response yeah, yeah. I was just talking to my best friend about that of we were having like a debate but like we both understood where we we're coming where each other was we're coming right. from um and i didn't disagree she wasn't disagreeing with what i said but i said sometimes i'm tired of holding on to the past with us and not using my voice to build up the community and i said mm. it doesn't have to be um, I'm not saying all of us need to, to go and march or, you know, like, cause she yeah. sometimes we're tired of being in the world and we're just the only time people can 
the only thing people can handle in their head is their life and what's going on with them. Yeah. And I said, I get that. But I also think sometimes you could use lessons or see what other people are going through and then change your life. Change what, your small bubble. Change it, whether it's mm -hmm. your kids or other people at work or, you know, someone that you come in contact because you don't know the little smile that you give someone or you know uh, a flower that you give someone like is truly impactful on that person yeah and it's small but it, it it changes everything like i was a recipient of that because one time i was sitting in grand central and i was sad i was really really sad and pretty much a depression or start and i didn't want to admit it and this random girl i can remember it plain as day this random girl came up to me gave me a rose and dashed off dashed off she just wow. she looked like she was scared to give it to me but she yeah. wanted to give it to me <laughs> so she was just like here <laughs> and i just looked and i smiled and i would never i would never forget that moment in my entire life because it was in that moment where i was at my lowest and it was through her action that made my day it made my life it made my life completely and as i was saying and i was like us as a black community I don't want us to not forget about our past, but I want us to learn how to move forward and how to build each other up. Yeah. Just throughout the day. Yeah. That's very important, the building each other up. I agree with you. It's like we know the past is there and we know the things that happen, but let's build from that. Let's not be shackled to it. Let's not be held to it. You know, let's not make that some sort of weight but something that we could stand on and move forward with and, and build on yeah because we have a lot of beautiful stories a lot of beautiful stories to be told that's yeah i think that's where where writing where our art where our art as poets and everything come into light because i you know we could listen to someone's story story just like poetic nurse and then they may be afraid to say their story but we may have the words yeah. or not afraid to be like, I listen to Sandra D. Okay, clearly my name, but I listen <laughs> to Sandra D to Sandra D and Miss Barbara. And they were in the porch and they were selling their story. So let me share it for you. Okay, so your first book is Laced in Love. Yeah. What was the inspiration behind that? And how was that writing process for you? Um, that writing process, it was somewhat easy, but that book had, yeah, it's my debut book, but it's, it's bigger than Jesse's thing. And I actually went through hell with that book when my public, with the publisher, but we're not going to oh, go yeah. there. But, um, the inspiration of that book, I realized that we were all searching for a void. We all had a void and we, I'm meaning just humans in, in general yeah but that void that we're searching for at the time it was like could summarize into three different four different types of, of feelings love of self love of a partner love of life and love of spirit and my take is the holy spirit but i don't want to you know put my own views on everyone yeah. but we're all spirit so i put love of spirit and i think that 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 void that we have either we don't have a love for ourselves or we're missing a partner or we've never had a partner 
or we want a partner again or we're not finding you know the love of life and we're going through substances or alcohol you know to, to yeah. fill that void and at the end of the day the void is filled by love um, that it is. is filled by love so if you're if you're in taking a whole bunch of stuff and you're just like oh i'm just doing it to numb myself like it's okay it's okay and it's just like no scratch that yeah eliminate that and that's the hardest part when people start to to eliminate that because it had it allows them and it makes you dig to the root and dig to the root of of, of why that hurt is there yeah i like the the poem you have on the back it if you know you see these books and they have these long blurbs oh. on the back but yours is so perfect it um i don't want to misquote it but I don't want to misquote myself. (laughs) 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 Love is the addiction that binds us together, that keeps us alive, and yet we are always searching for it. Yeah, that sums it up perfectly. Yeah. So, your next book, do you have a title for it yet? Yeah, so my next book is going to be Hearts Full of Wine. Um, I am thinking of different ways of how I want to like section that. Okay. Um, but I ironically, I was sitting in my chair, drinking a glass of wine. Um, (laughs) and and I was going through and I just sat and just pondered on the emotions of how wine could, you know, make you feel or like how it could affect different people. And it could put you in that sultry type of mood. So I guess I have like those types of love, but it could also make you feel reminiscent or missing a certain type of, you know, different types of love, or you could be angry. And in that way, I'll be, you know, not angry at myself, but you could be sipping on a glass of wine and angry about, you know, a kid getting shot, you know, like, yeah, like yeah. different ways that you could come across and yeah, the heart, because at the end of the day, that's what fills us up in life. Um, that's what keeps us going. Yeah, that's the first thing that they try to resurrect is when you use CPR is trying to get your heart jumping again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not your brain. They can't do it if your brain dead. You ready? But like, oh, no, we got to get his heart. We got to get his heart right. And then I never so. thought about it. Like, yeah, you're right. I tell you, you can draw, draw inspiration from anything. It just seems like you just... that's cool Um, (laughs) okay so I know you said it'll be out whenever so and that's cool I tried to force myself to a deadline and I don't think that's working for me so I'm just I'm now saying that my book will be out before the end of the year I was shooting for like around my birthday in June but Mm -hmm. you know I try not to give myself a deadline too because it it pressured on me but I want it to be out my second book to be out at least by 2024 yeah okay yeah yeah that's good that's good that's good so before I let you get out of here um let the people know how to reach you how to contact you how to support anything that you're doing guys so um my book Laced in Love um it's on Amazon um, so yeah, if you call Laced in Love, and my name is, um, my government name, um, so it's Jesseline Abel, um, J-E-S-S-E-L-Y-N-E, Abel, 
it's uh, if you're looking at it it's a gray cover with a geometric heart in the middle and hands um but yeah you can follow me on instagram um, tiktok at ink just poetry um twitter ink just poetry i have my website inkjustpoetry.com launching later tonight and yeah you guys can support and links in the bio so if you follow me on instagram click the link everything will be be there Okay, and I'll make sure I put it in the show description so everybody can just click on there and connect with you. Thank you so much for joining me. And uh, to my audience, remember, keep pushing forward. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Brown Sugar Cafe podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Terrence B. Elmore, and this is the place where poetry meets conversation. Hit that follow button and turn on your notifications so you won't miss an episode. Check out my blog, thebrownsugarcafe.blog. Also connect with me on Instagram at thebrownsugarcafe. Hope you enjoyed this episode and as always, remember, keep pushing forward.